This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Three words for 3PIAPC was a tweet I received yesterday from Lee Williams, a resilience, effort and progress. And you know that the effort has gone in when you see half the team on their backs, on the pitch at the end of a performance. And that is exactly what we wanted to see. We didn't see that for large parts of last season. And if the effort goes in, then the fans come away happy. I've got Matt Withers with me. Matt, your broad brush stroke, please. Morning, Patch. Um, yeah, well, that's that's four words to start, but um, I know you meant the main words. That's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll forgive Bigsy there. Um, exactly that. As, as fans, yes, obviously you want to see quality. You want to see attacking football. But more than anything, you want to see effort. You want to see a, a team of you know, 13, 14 players that leave everything out on the pitch. And that's exactly what they did yesterday um, against all bar where they are, a Premier League side, um, because they are, you know, they were class for them. Absolute class. Best side I've seen for a number of years. Yeah, absolutely. And the three words from Lee Williams. We've got Lee Williams with us now. Lee, thanks for those three words. I'm liking the uh, the new little segment you've created. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Morning, gents. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I thought uh, I'm a man. I have lots of words sometimes, you know. But um, I thought I'm going to try and start summing up stuff with uh, with three words to see how I feel sometimes. So it was easy yesterday. There were lots of words to choose from. I thought, but those are the ones that, uh, that stood out for me. Uh, brilliant. So I was there yesterday in the Lansdowne Lounge pre-match to uh, do a few interviews. So I got interviews with Paul Cheesley um, and Howard Pritchard, and also recorded a great little section that they did with where David Lloyd, the MC in the Lansdowne Lounge, uh, introduced all the players. So Jeff Merrick, um, as I said, Paul Cheesley and uh, Janssen Derrick were there also as, as well as Howard Pritchard. So it was, it was a real uh, buzz in the Lansdowne Lounge when the former players association was being spoken about. Uh, Neil Palmer was there who I, who I interviewed on Friday. So I've literally just published that episode of Robins reunited um, so please do check that one out as well. But back to yesterday, um, Matt, the starting lineup came out. Um, Masengo, unfortunately, is suffering with an injury. We think he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So there was a change to be made there. And there was a question whether he would take out Baker and put in Jada Silva. And, and that's what happened. So we lined up Dan Bentley, George Tanner, Callas. Atkinson, De Silva across the back. Weimer moved out to right midfield. Matty James and Tyreek in the middle. Pring kept his place on the left. And great news for, for me with Naki Wells starting up as a two with Chris Martin. Is that how you saw the team, Matt? And were you happy with those changes? I actually thought when we started, it was it was very much a 4-3-3. Um, just from a, a sort of shape from where I was in the south stand. Um Disappointment with Masengo, um, but as I said in our tweet yesterday, it gives us an opportunity to give someone else man of the match. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, the rumour was a thigh injury, I thought, yesterday, and then it seems as though I think Nigel Pearson said it's a hamstring um, sort of strain, which is, you always worry a little bit with hamstring, especially with our record. But um, yeah, it was good to see, and, and I think even, um, you know, the fact of whether Baker was going to come in or not, 
you know what Baker's going to give you? He's, he's a defender first and foremost, and it probably would have been easy knowing that you were going to have to defend a lot against Fulham um, to start him. And I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he went to try and be a bit more attacking. And as you say, I, I just think Naki Wells' performance, obviously his goal in the, the sort of 20 minutes last week or half an hour last week, but even the game before that, he looked really lively. So I was really pleased to see that. Um, and yeah, it was it, it was probably the side I would have picked. The interesting thing for me was the bench. Um, Joe Williams being back on there, Callum O'Dowda being on there. Um, no Zach Viner, no Antoine Semenyo, um, no Alex Scott. So it kind of shows now the strength that we've got. And, and I said that to um, one of the chaps by me. That, next bloke behind you or next gonna, I don't, do you know? Did you sense I was going to say that? And then I thought, no, I'll change that. But, but I said to him, you know, when, when you look at it, last season we were talking about kids, you know, the likes of future stars, Tommy and Sam, or the two Sams. Yesterday you looked at that bench and thought, yeah, we've got some game changers on there that if things aren't going well. And that's kind of showing that, you know, with the injuries and that, maybe again highlights just how unlucky Dean Holden was um, and the same with Nigel Pearson last season. But yeah, it's, it's what I would have gone with, to be fair. Yeah. Lee, your thoughts on that lineup uh, yesterday? Any changes you would have made at the start? Uh, no, I think it was um, I think it was a good good starting lineup. Um, it was nice to see the silver back in there. I think I'd really looked at Fulham, obviously. Um, we know that they're a good side, but one thing that I noticed as the match started and as it went on was that they weren't a big side, with the exception of Mitrovic and uh, one of the centre backs. So I think that you know defensively, he was probably less worried about needing Baker's height in there to bring Jay back in. Um, and and like you, nice to see um, Wells and Martin up front for me because I think that um, as we'll probably get into, Wells demonstrated that willingness to kind of go and run in the channel sometimes. So we had a couple of options with the balls going forward, and we were mixing up a little bit. So it was good to see that. Brilliant. But same as Matt, same as Matt, that the bench was interested and actually quite. Um, quite reassuring in a way yeah it's that competition for places that is great to see because Naki Wells knows if he doesn't perform yesterday he's likely to be out of the team again next week same with Tyreek he knows that he's got Masengo and Williams and Andy King all sort of vying for so that those midfield positions so it's only it's only going to bring good performances out of the players Matt yeah, hundred percent, and that's that's what you want, isn't it? Is any, any manager wants a a small enough squad? You don't want it too too big, um, but you want the, the quality in there. And Tyreek's come out of the cold a little bit, hasn't he? But he's now in there, and Jason often says, you know, once you've got the shirt, you've got to keep it because there'll be other players coming in. And I thought he did okay yesterday, Tyreek, um, but it, it's just that, yeah, that strength now that we've got. Um, and I think we're starting to see it in a, you know, you always talk about two players for every position. I think we're starting to really see that now. Um, yeah. Just for me, is that up top, Chris Martin replacement. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, into the minutes as coined by Adam Gould. So the first thing I've got written down is on the seventh minute, Bobby Reed getting booed. Now, this is a uh, something that seemed to split the fans yesterday, and I, I couldn't quite believe it myself. Um there obviously he went to Cardiff completely understand that but it it was it was a it was a time where Cardiff were in a better position than us and it was big money so he's not as if he asked to go to Cardiff but what did you think about that Matt I mean I I know it was rectified a bit later on when he when he came off and got a round I stood up and gave a, a round of applause as I think a lot of City fans did but um yeah your your thoughts 
everybody pay their, pays their money and can have whatever opinion they want in football. 100%. You know, that's, that's the beauty of the game. Um, I was disgusted, disgusted yesterday. Um, Bobby Reid went to a Premier League team, albeit Cardiff, um, and, you know, it served us well. Yes, you know, he'd, he'd had that one exceptional season, but he'd always been in and around. He'd always gone out on loan and, and wanted to play. And he's a Bristolian at the end of the day. Um, so it really, really disappointed me. There's a there's a guy who sits in front of me, and I'm not I'm not going to name check him because I don't want to embarrass him. Um, but his point around it um, was the fact that he did the I'm going to say Sam Aman, and, and I never know whether I got his name right. But the the tap of the head for Cardiff, and yeah. that's what he said. Both, you know, that was the bit that he lost respect for Bobby Reid because he did that because you can sign for Cardiff, but you don't have to you know, but do that. And I he may have been told to do it though. You're, you're signing for a club that that is within their makeup. You know, exactly that. The media team are going to say, well, you're now a Cardiff player, you know, mm. and that's the thing with it. So it really, really disappointed me and I don't understand it. I really don't. Not when the likes of other players who've, who've been and gone have come back and haven't had that. When it's one of your own like that, no, not for me. I think it was really, really poor from City fans. Yeah. Lee, any, any conflicting opinions there? No, no, I was a bit. I was a bit surprised at the amount of booing. Uh, I have to admit, um, you know, like, like you say, everyone's got their opinion on it. But I thought it was a little bit. Uh, Absolutely, and that's the great thing about. That's the great thing about football. Everyone sees things differently. Um, but yeah, we can only give our opinion. I, I always think about it, Patch, as well. In that, if you're if you're Bobby Reed, and and I don't know, Fulham don't have the greatest season or whatever, and he's out of contract, City go in for him. You're going to think to yourself. Well, yeah, but last time I was there, I got booed after everything, you know. Yeah. And that's the bit I don't get. And, and I, I never get when you boo top quality strikers because they're always going to make you shut up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I was I was really disappointed with it. Yeah. Um, obviously, Joe Bryan on the bench as well. Mm. We were talking about the former Players Association at the start and then Robin's reunited. So two former players there. For me, it's always good to see former players with, you know, yeah. I can't think of many exceptions, but, you know, you always always clap them on clap them off and there might be sort of uh what's the word uh ironic booze or something like that you know when yeah. they get the ball but then it usually turns into a cheer and that's where i thought that was going but yeah didn't with some sections anyway let's move on um 14th minute 50 50 tackle won by george tanner and the crowd go wild uh lee talk us through your thoughts on that start from george tanner yeah, I think I've, Nigel's talked about this in the past, hasn't he, about sometimes where you kind of need um, the players to do something or it can be a tackle or, or a chance. And I can't remember the last time in a City match I saw one of our players go in for a tackle like that because I'm sat in the, land, I'm sat in the lands then up with, with my family and um, you could see it. It was a kind of Nathan Baker-esque takeoff. He was not pulling out of it. You're just kind of praying he's going to make it. And 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 he and he made it with interest, didn't he? And um, I think it kind of really just picked it up because I, I scribbled down as, as you said. I was in the 14th minute. In the first 10 minutes, it kind of felt like we'd set up like an away team. We were quite slow with the ball. Yeah. Bentley a couple of times was looking to play, and you could see certainly from the vantage point I've got that that Backinson and JDS and James were just turning to calm down and stop. And actually, if you were looking at that from the video, which I guess the kind of tactics video is from where we're kind of stood. It was on. If they if they wanted to play because the our offensive Fulham were, were, were in that first sort of 10, 15 minutes, they could have the the, the play out was on to turn and actually counter attack yeah. if they wanted to. Now obviously it's probably 
you know, pre-match instructions, let's play calm, let's settle into the game, make for them a good song. Um, and you can't have your cake and eat it. It's good to have that calmness and Matty James there and, 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 and do it. But it kind of meant that we never really had anything to really get going, did we? I didn't think in that first 10 minutes until that tackle happened. And then it kind of felt like we were in the game a little bit more then. So yeah, it, it just felt that opening 15 just felt to me like they were both sort of sussing each other out, Matt, in terms of who's going to make the first move. Um, but that certainly that, that tackle from George Tanner and the fact that it sort of span into play and he then picked it up and, and, uh, you know, we had possession was uh, was great. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was funny. Nigel was asked after the game about, um, I think Ali may have asked him about him being one for the future. And Nigel Pearson said, well, he, he is one for the future, but he's also now one for now, you know. And, and for me, exactly that. Everybody got out their seats with that tackle because you could see the commitment. And that mm. was, you know, with Masengo not playing, our youngest player on the pitch, um, I agree with with Lee. I think there were times we could have moved it a bit quicker, and I think that for me overall in the game yesterday, that was the difference between the two sides. Fulham moved the ball so much quicker than us, and the angles that they created, there was always an option. Um, and two or three times, well, more than that, they just passed the ball round us with little triangles. Um, but it was the speed that they were doing it. Whereas I think we are still a little bit too deliberate at times with the ball. We don't move it quickly enough. And we've said um, this before about the big difference yeah. between Championship and Premier League, and it 100%. is that that speed in yeah. which they play, yeah. the speed of decision making, is the main difference for me. And you could see that, you know, yesterday on a couple of occasions. You know, I'll pick out players later on, but there were there were a number of occasions where a ball was on and it wasn't played. Yeah, yeah. it's that just that quick decision and it's, making. It's, it's that comes with with quality, doesn't it? And playing with better players week in week out. Um, you know, you, you've only got to look at Mitrovic, which I think may have been, I don't know, 28 million, something like that. The ball just stuck to him. And and don't get me wrong, he did a lot of things later in the game that, you know, he wasn't 28 million pounds worth. Um, but he seemed to, everything that came up to him, he held and brought others into play quickly. He seemed every time a ball came in the box, he managed to get his head on it. Um, Harry Wilson, absolute quality. Oh, and, then, you know. And, and I've seen him play for, for Cardiff and, and wasn't impressed, but I thought yesterday, every time he got the ball, I thought, oh my God, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to struggle a little bit here. But yeah, that, that was the difference for me. But you, you, you know you're going to get that. Because like I said, I, I don't know too many players that they let the centre-half go that was on loan, didn't they? Um, who's gone to Palace. Other than that, Fulham pretty much retained most of their squad and they've got a manager who's much more attacking him, Mike Silva, than... Um, Scott Parker was so I think that you know they're a class class side and they showed that even in those early exchanges they kept the ball but moved it really quickly okay 17th minute good interplay between Martin and Wells feeds Vyman who can neither control or steer onto Pring and Lee that was our first real opportunity um you either think Vyman's going to take it down and shoot or flick it onto Pring to have a go on goal but um a chance nonetheless yeah, it was a chance, and it was um, it was a nice bit of interplay as well between between the three of them. And I think um, um, I was re- reading an article afterwards, or not, in an interview where they kind of said it didn't it didn't come off very often, or they got. And I thought it was actually a little bit harsh. But I actually thought yeah. when they had the opportunities, they did actually um, look like they had some patterns of play between them, and they kind of were all on the same wavelength. And there were a couple of times yesterday in that first half, especially as we grew into it, where we just didn't quite get the banks. Or another day, the ball, you know. You, Vyman sticks his foot out and actually kills the ball dead and is able to then take the shot or, or or lay it into Pring and it just went a little bit and skidded through to the keeper. But 
the movement and the 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 kind of um the intention that they knew what they were doing and they were trying to make that happen it wasn't kind of um you know let's just do it by luck you know you could kind of see that they you know that they were on the same wavelength it was quite uh it was quite uh interesting and 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 exciting actually because it just felt like we had a lot of players up front trying to make stuff happen yeah my my big concern matt with with putting Vyman out wide right and i know you say you sort of saw it as a three as well um is that he is too out of the game there not able to impact as much but early signs suggested that they were they were working on like almost like a rotation exactly that's just exactly what i was going to say i mean i can i can remember three crosses that chris martin put in from the the right hand side where he went out there as lee said early on naki wells was running the channels so i i think there was quite a bit of of swapping between them and it was quite fluid the way they were i i just felt it was quite a, a you know, a, a decent attacking approach from us um, and shows that you can get those three in the team and still get, you know, shots at goal, can't you? So, yeah. Sorry, Lee. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, I know you talked about it looking like a three. I, I think it was, certainly from my vantage point, a kind of clear 4 4 2. But what you had was you had some players with some experience and some nice where the formation effectively stays the same, but they interchange their positions. Yeah. You know, and that was what was happening. What you know, when when Wells went out into that channel because the ball went down there, Voidman cut inside to make up his, you know, to make up that kind of second striker option to get some, try and get some bodies in the box if the cross was going to come in. And um, and it, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it in a minute, but I thought it was really interesting that um, we we nullified. I thought in the last 25 minutes of that first half, we nullified Fulham. Silver was pulling his air right below below me, and and we've seen it with the with the. The, the changes that he made at half time because we forced Fulham to change the way that, that their system and their tactics how they were set up because they weren't yeah. getting any joy really at all. Yeah. Okay. Chance for Naki Wells in the 25th minute. It was a cross in uh, from Jay De Silva and uh, Wells just sort of gets too far in front of the ball and ends up almost handballing it, Matt. Just kind of missed his kick, didn't he? It was, um, yeah, it was another good move and again showed his intent in getting in there. Um, but yeah, he, he should have done better with it. Yeah, yeah. And there was one just after that—a long throw-in from Callas. It was flicked on by Chris Martin, and you think, okay, he's got the ball. He's flicked it on, falls to Naki Wells, and it just gets stuck under his feet, Lee. Yeah, I, I turned around to my dad, and uh, and, and my lad was sat. That the bloke, bloke behind you, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they were sat. Either, they were sat either side of me yesterday. Actually, <laughs> we swapped seats. We're trying to we're trying to swap seats to get that home win. Just what are you? Yeah. Who are you? Are you Martin Wells and Wyman? <laughs> Yeah, we do yeah, that yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I turned around to him and said, if there's one person you want that chance to fall to in a six-yard box in your entire team and you've wanted it for all season, it's Naki Wells. And, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that another day, he hits it sweet as a nut and it's in the back yeah. of the net and we're all, going, we're all going mental. But, you know, it was, I think, having that natural striker in the box as the second man, if you're aiming at Martin with these long throws, and I know... Your, your pulse, much maligned long throws probably have overdone them a little bit. But if you've got someone in there, you do kind of create those, those chances. So unfortunate, but a chance created nonetheless. And we, we've think, said about the long throws, Matt, haven't we? And the fact that they, they're they being taken too long to dry the ball yeah. and they, they're, they're basically being cut out. But a couple of times yesterday, there were opportunities created and the crowd seemed to be getting behind it with the old Magnuson um, hand clap as well. So I think if it's used... At the right time and sparingly, it could be effective. I completely agree. 
completely agree. It's just we. I think certainly in the last few home games, we've we've overused it. It was almost any time there was a throw from just inside the opposition half. Callas was wanging it in there and as you said it was getting the towel a few times yesterday he didn't use the towel and he took it really quickly um, he shaped to take a long throw and then drop the ball back which you know that's what you need to do you don't want it to be um, you know prescripted the whole time and the opposition know exactly what you're going to do so no a couple of times I thought it worked yesterday yeah yeah okay 33rd minute I've got Wilson causing problems and he is brought down by Atkinson um, the free kick comes to nothing but we've already we've already touched on Wilson and how dangerous he was during the game yesterday. Uh, 40th minute, a chance for Chris Martin. It's a shot on target. It's well hit, but it skids off the defender and the keeper saves. But Lee, that was um, you know good attacking play and a, and a good shot on target. Yeah, it was, and and again, kind of, kind of similar to what we were saying about the Naki Wells uh, chance earlier. Um, I think my old man turned around to me and went shot on target at last type thing. It was one of those ones where was, there had been some good play in that first half. We still haven't really made the, the keeper work a whole amount, have we? Um, no. And it was good to just get those shots away. And, and you know, because you don't ever know what's going to happen on, on these pitches. Sometimes they skid, they might have banked, a little mishandle. When you've got two up top, which I'm a big, a big advocate of, you know, it could, um, you could end up with a, you could end up with a tapping. So it was nice to just get those shots away. And it was nice. I think Naki did it a few other times during the rest of the match where sometimes, you know, just take your luck sometimes. Sometimes they go in, don't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Pitch, you score the all 100%. Um, 42nd minute, a great shot from Anoma uh, was well saved by Bentley, Matt. And obviously we, you wax lyrical about Bentley last week at QPR, but some really important saves towards the end of the first half. Yeah, was that the move where Wilson backheeled it into his path and he hit the first time shot? Yeah, um, I mean, a brilliant move, just a sweeping move. Wilson, a first time, really clever backheel, um, and and Atkinson. It was it was actually a better save than it it probably looked because Atkinson's just in front of him and tries to make the block and it doesn't quite happen and Bent has to smother it. So to to, to smother it and hold on to it, um, but yeah, I, I again, you know, I I kind of was a. I wasn't applauding um, physically, but in my mind, I was applauding because I thought, what a great move that was. And, and just, you know, I like to see class players. And Wilson got a bit of stick and accused of diving one or two times from my lot yesterday. And I think there was one where the ref didn't give a free kick because of it in the second half. But, you know, that Atkinson foul, the, the, the guys in and around me are all sort of, oh, you're diving, oh, you cheat. And I said, look at Atkinson's reaction. He's, he's immediately held his hand up. So that tells you in himself it was a foul. So... Yeah, I, I, it was a great move and a great save. Yeah. 44th minute, a free kick falls to Backinson, who shoots over. Well, last season, we saw Backinson score two great goals from 18, 20 yards. So, again, we know that's in his locker, but yeah. it's uh, just getting over the ball and keeping it down. Yeah. Um, and then, literally a second later, there's a great ball over the top. Backinson finds himself as the furthest man forward. And he just tries to bring it down and doesn't quite do the job, Matt. Yeah, again, a little bit like the Weidman one, just a, a little bit unlucky. Couldn't quite get the, the right connection to it. But good to see him striding forward like that and, and those two quick you know, opportunities. So it's, it's always difficult with Tyreek because he has that, that casual look about him when he's playing. And that's just his style. I mean, you know, and I'm not comparing the two, but Patrick Vieira was, was like that. Um, which I suppose I am comparing the two, but I don't, I don't mean in terms of the quality. Not the first time. Exactly. No, it's not. But, you know, I, I thought it was good to see Tyreek doing that. But yeah, it just didn't didn't quite work out, did it? And, and it, again, small small margins. Your thoughts on Backinson first half, Lee? 
Yeah, I thought um, I thought he had a good first half. Um, he always wants the ball. And I think yeah. back to the point you were talking about earlier about us not moving it very quickly. Um, and I guess the difference between the two teams as well, and I'll, I'll bring Backinson, in, Backinson into this, is is it... I don't know if it's a confidence thing, because what, what you've got with the good teams is if they all trust their players and, and they've got players saying, give me the ball, they give them the ball, and then the ball moves around faster. Backinson wanted the ball all the time yesterday and even if there was a player right behind him he wanted the ball and you know we didn't always give it to him and I'm not saying it's the right decision to give it to Backinson all the time but there were a lot of times where he definitely could have had it and maybe and I think he he, he plays on that half turn quite a lot he's, he's good at that and actually that's sometimes where we can maybe on that half turn we can turn defence into attack quite quickly um, we have had a little bit of that's probably been the one area of the pitch hasn't it where we've had a lot of changes so have we really got a lot of uh, a lot of consistency in there, with the exception of Matty James. The people who Matty James is playing with has has been almost different. How do you yeah? How, how do you see um, Matt and how do you see James and Backinson playing yesterday? Were they sort of taking it in turns to to go forward and and sit or? Yeah, I mean it was a, a little bit like that. I mean I think Matty James is a is a quality player. Um, He's experienced, so he knows when to go and when not to. I mean, I think he he probably, um, from where I was, looked to be the one who was sitting that little bit more, um, and he likes to make things happen. Then he's the one who likes to make the passes. You know that that kind of um, quarterback role. I, I thought a couple of times yesterday with Matty James, and we talked about playing it quickly. I thought he actually played a, two or three passes too quickly at times. And actually, just needed to put his foot on the ball, and it would have opened the play up. But again, you can't you can't criticise when you want them to play quickly. But mm. yeah, I think I think Tyreek was probably given a little bit more of the the license to try and get forward because um, certainly he was the one that was going into the box, wasn't he? Break, making those runs. Halftime summary from Rob: decent half of football. Fulham carry an obvious threat, but good to see us rising to the challenge and seeking to go toe to toe. Positive intent shown in the selection today, and we've taken that forward into the game. Vyman is literally everywhere, does not stop. Um, and, and we've said this many times, that Vyman is the engine room of the team. Yeah. Sorely missed last season. Um, and where would, where would we be without his running, I guess, Matt? He's the trigger for a lot of what we do, isn't he? The press and, and, and the way that we want to play. And yeah, he, he just... And for a guy that had the injury that he had... Um, to come back and be performing like he is, um, yeah, I, I, he's one of those Andy Vyman probably doesn't get anywhere near the credit that he deserves, um, and that's because obviously he's in the side primarily as a striker and doesn't score the goals that he probably should. But you can't criticise the bloke's effort. And yesterday, I think he played in, let alone the rotation in the front, he played in sort of three or four different positions yesterday during the game, didn't he? So I got a lot of time for Andy Vyman. And Lee, was it a case of getting Andy Vyman, keeping Andy Vyman on the pitch, bring, bringing Wells in to get Wells his chance, keeping Andy Vyman in the team, playing him out wide so that he could then you know, interplay? And he basically replaced Masengo, didn't he? Yeah, and I think that um, I think without um, with Semenyo not even in the squad, mm. I do wonder. It'd be interesting to know what if there was a reason for that, whether he's yeah. had a knock or whether it was tactical, because. That's, or, or, as you said, all he's done is replace Masengo. Now, Masengo's not a right-hand side player. And actually, Boyman just played very much like Masengo's been playing, which is he's busy, he's lots of energy, he's still got a bit of quality going forward, he's attack-minded. We don't probably have that right-hand side option apart from Semenyu. I, I would argue if, you, if you're playing with two, you know, 
see on the other side you've got Pring, the Silver, Odada, on that left side. So I think it was just I don't think we were moving Vyman to fit in fit in Wells. I think if you asked me to carry on playing with that that setup, I would because I think you've now got a more natural goal scorer higher up the pitch in Naki Wells, and I don't think you lose anything with Vyman where he was because I think he's clever enough to be to to be all over the pitch and fill in the holes. That's the type of player he is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, into the second half, forty seventh minute. It's the first time that Mitrovic hits the woodwork. So he hit the bar, first of all, in the 47th minute. Uh, 49th minute, Wilson heads back across and Mitrovic, unmarked, heads in. It's 1-0. A real sucker punch um, after 49 minutes. But just a, a, a little under under note here. Uh, Fulham were celebrating in the crowd with Reese Porter. I don't know if you saw the story about that, but yeah. fantastic to see. And, you know, even the City fans were applauding that match. Yeah, lovely and funny enough, that's what I was looking for on my phone then, because um, I'd seen it yesterday. Also, I have to say, and, and I'm, I might be wrong, so I'll stand to be corrected, but I didn't see the referee book him. Um, I was going to say that. I, I hope they and didn't. And it was, it was um, and again, I'll get the name wrong, Car- Carvalho or Carvalho, whichever the, the guy was who'd gone in. Um, I didn't see the ref book him, and I thought that was, that's what you want to see. You want, you know, that, that for me is... That's what football should be about. It is a fans game. The, the young lad, Reese had obviously had a bit of stick. And for the Fulham players to do that for him, that's made his year, well, probably his 10 years, you know. And actually, will also have embarrassed those bullies that, that had trolled him. Um, so, yeah, re- really good to see. And as I say, credit to the ref. I hope he didn't book him. If I'm, I'm wrong he on didn't. that, then. He didn't. Good, good. I'm glad, because that was good. But, yeah, nice touch. The, the goal, terrible defending. The, the cross coming in and then Jay De Silva was all over the place. I mean, I've watched it back a few times and he, he kind of, he doesn't run backwards as if he's going to try and head it. He turns his back and then is sort of running as if there's no one behind him and he's going to go and run and clear it, you know, and, and Wilson, you know, I mean, someone sort of said to me, oh, how does Wilson beat Jay De Silva at the back post? I said, well, because it was a completely free header. Jay didn't know where he was. All Wilson's got to do is knock it back. Mitrovic stood in the six-yard box. You know, maybe we should be a bit tighter to him. Um, but yeah, Bence has got no chance with that, has he? But yeah, it was a poor goal to concede all round. Absolutely. Okay, 63rd minute. Sub Baker for Pring with Jada Silva pushing on um, and Williams for Backinson. Um, Lee, your thoughts on those substitutions? Did they come at the right time? Was it the right man for the right man? Um, they probably came a little bit too late in my opinion. So I kind of touched on it earlier. I thought that um, you could see Silva was going mental at the end of the first half and he was warming uh, the guy that came up to actually put the cross in for the goal. Um, they went 4-4-2 and matched us up. And I kind of said to, to my dad that what we're seeing now in that first 10 minutes of the second half was they've gone man for man and now we're seeing their quality because yeah. man for man, they're better than us. You know, yeah. that's no disrespect. Well, generally speaking, they, yeah. they, they, were, they were better than us and that was why they that they dominated that first 10 minutes to put a pressure on when we made the change and then changed our tactics we then came back into that game in the, in the second half and you know I think that um, it, it's great it's great to see it was probably about five minutes too late I think he was going to bring um, Odada um, no um, he was going to bring Williams wasn't coming on at the same time originally I think yeah he was bringing, that's right he put his vest back on didn't he yeah um, and then they ended up coming coming on at the same time. So de- definitely the, the the changes I would have made. The only other option would have 
been um, an O'Dayda for Pring as a straight swap to begin with. If you weren't going to maybe uh, mess about with the mess about with the formation, but um, good to see the the adaptability that we've got. I think that yeah. um, you know it was it was the right changes and it really gave us some impetus in that last thirty minutes. I thought we were fantastic. So Matt, would you? We went three five two there for you. Definitely. We, yeah, yeah, um, and and obviously Bakes coming in like he did. Um, I thought interesting one, and that their, their substitutions at halftime, we didn't talk about, it, but but Chalaba was was fortunate for me to still be on the pitch. Oh yeah, he got second. You know, it always makes me laugh. The same fans that were cheering George Tanner's tackle, yeah. um, and there was one from Cam Pring in the first half. And then baying for Chalaba to be sent off for what was in effect the same same kind of challenge, but he then had two after that. One of them where he he actually put and the referee made the motion afterwards that he put his arms round whichever of our players it was to stop him breaking away. Well, that's a booking. That is a booking all day long. Um, and that was very much a case for me where the referee realizes he's on a yellow and and gives him that leeway, which shouldn't be the case. But so, and, and Nigel Pearson made reference at the end. Um, Silver kind of said, you know, that it was never a book in, blah, 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 and yet changes the formation and, and takes him off. And, you know, you'd think that comes into play. But, yeah, uh, from from our point of view, it was it was the right subs. I agree with Lee. It should have been slightly earlier. Um, but, you know, Nathan Baker, I mean, you've, we've probably got it down. You know, moments later, he makes an absolutely unbelievable, you know, saving challenge. Um, and it's one, one of the things that I've been a bit concerned about of late is Dan Bentley's starting position. He seems to sit quite deep and quite often the ball's been hit over the top and you see other teams where the keepers raced out and cleared it comfortably. Whereas Dan, you know, QPR last week, he got caught in between, didn't he? Mm. And it was the same yesterday with that ball that got played through. I think it was Wilson that was running through. Um, yeah, and it was a, a, a brilliant challenge from Baker. But it, it shows, as Lee said, the flexibility that it then gives us both in terms of personnel, but then the formations. You're then able to put Tanner, who actually looks like he could be a really good wing-back, you know, sort of bombing forward. Um, so, yeah, good to see. And and, and Campering, I keep saying it, I worry about his fitness. He's, he seems to, he's not finished a game yet. And, and a lot of those may have been tactically. Um, but you know, again, in fairness to him, is because, like we're saying, he's putting everything in it, isn't he? So, yeah. I thought he was quiet yesterday. Cam he was, was his poorest game yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He, went, he, he didn't really. Um, I didn't think he really offered a huge yeah. much for us either going forward or um, got caught a few times defensively yeah. and made, made a couple of rap, rush challenges, and, and that that'll happen. It's That's going to happen. He's young, isn't he? Eighth game in the in, in the championship. Exactly. Still, it's, it's, it's a different level, and I think what? you noticed it actually with. with <laughs> With, with Cam and with George Tanner, I thought George Tanner had a really good game. But what I did notice a couple of times with their distribution, it was like league, what I call league one, league two yeah. distribution. They had a chance to play maybe a more simple pass, and it was more of a kind of clearance come, go and chase that in the channel. Type exactly. Thing. Yeah. You know, there and, was one in the second know. half that he, I think there was one in the second half that he did it when Naki Wells almost looked at him and thought, Chris, you go and chase it. I'm not. With Joe Bryan and Bobby Reed both being ex players who know campering very well. There yeah. might have been a little bit of inside knowledge of this is how you keep campering quiet. So, you know, could could, could have been effectiveness. I mean, yeah, it could have been. I mean, he, he didn't I'm trying to think maybe one early in the game, um, that he got across across, but and that that's been something that we've sort of, you know, talked about a lot, isn't it? That he looks to get the ball in. I just thought it was probably his most ineffective game. But you've also got to say against probably the best side we faced this season. Yeah. So, you know, there yeah. there is that experience to it. What it does give us though is and it happened a couple of times yesterday 
he was able to swap and Jay went further forward and Cam sat back and then it swapped again in. So again, it gives you that little bit of giving the opposition something different to think about, doesn't it? Because they're different types of footballer, Jay and Cam, aren't they? Yeah, 100%, yeah. Okay, um, great to see Williams back on the pitch and we'll come on to his performance a bit later. Uh, so into the 66th minute, this we alluded to this earlier, Matt. It was uh, Callas lining up for a, for a long throw does a short throw to Williams, gets the ball back. And it's one of the best crosses I've seen down yeah. Ashton Gate for a number of years. It was pace, it was whip, and it was perfect for Naki Wells, but it just goes over the bar. And you think that is a great opportunity, Matt. It was. And and, and um, I listened to, to Ian Gay on Forever Bristol this morning and Ian said, yeah, Naki, you know, it's easier to score. And I thought... <laughs> I don't know what level you played at, Ian, but, you know, fair, fair play. And, and I know what he's saying because it was such a great cross. Um, but Callas has got that in his locker. He's done that a few times. Um, trying to think of the game earlier on in the season where he, he, he whipped one straight back in, I think we scored from. Um, but, yeah, it was. And, and Naki just got underneath it a little bit, didn't he? He's going across the top of the defender. Um, but as close in as he is, you'd like to think, he, you know, nine times out of ten, he hits the target. But yeah, it was a great delivery. And and again, showed the fact, if you take those long throws, opposition are expecting it, but you've then got to vary it a little bit. And that's that's what we did. So, and I mentioned and I that. Is that Joe Williams, though? His experience and his quality, he makes the move to allow Callas to do that, didn't he? So I mentioned last week or week before, you know, uh, players not, not stopping Callas doing the long throw. I think Joe Williams wanted the ball. Exactly. Made the move. Shaitu really loud. Callas spots it, gives it to him, gets it back, and yeah. a great opportunity is created. Yeah. Um so Joe Joe Williams, 73rd minute, puts in a great tackle. And again, like the Tanner tackle in the first half, it picks up the crowd, the tempo is upped. Wells shot is deflected wide and Baker heads over all within the space of a minute Lee. Yeah, it was a good, uh, good little passage of play. That wasn't it. A lot, lot of pressure on. Um, I, I kind of said to, uh, said to the balls on the way in the car. I, I don't think I, I can't remember the last time I've been out of my seat so much mm. in a half football with chances where you think it's going in. You know, it was in that little pattern. It was like, oh, we, oh, are we going to score? You know, um, but and, but but really good because it, it was it was sustained for a period. And they, yeah. they Fulham were they're a good side, but they were. They were on the rack a little bit there. We, they, they were there, and I'm glad you know went much longer until we had to had to wait for that goal. But um, yeah, good good chances, good good really offensive, really intense play, pressing them in with that formation change, not letting them get out. Um, it was uh, it really got the crowd going. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. It the, it got the crowd going, Lee, and the crowd got behind them, didn't they? It was almost yeah. like. The, the last sort of injury times knockings of a game where you're, you're pushing for an equaliser, but it was 20 minutes or whatever it was, 15 minutes before. And, and it felt, again, a united kind of approach. The Nathan Baker chance, Naki Wells was, because it's obviously at our end, he's just lined up to, to smash that on the volley. Um, and Nathan Baker, I, I don't blame Baker because it was actually a really good opportunity that he should have done better with. But yeah, Naki Wells was absolutely apoplectic. He was like, oh my, you know, because you could see that literally his, his whole shape was ready to smash it. So, yeah. Great opportunity for Joe Williams just a minute later. Uh, he skews his shot wide. But again, really like the intensity that Joe Williams brought to the game and great to see him taking a shot, Matt. You, I mean, we saw him at Forest Green and I'm, I'm not sure how fit he was even then. Um 
I think we're going to have to see Joe Williams in in fits and starts a bit like this until he gets up. Let's to, hope we, to match let's fitness. hope we see him again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that he gets up to match fitness because um, obviously he's had a, a horrendous injury record with us. But within that cap brief cameo, and I, and I don't I didn't look to see what minute the sub was, but um, within that cameo of whatever it was, twenty twenty five minutes, um, you saw the quality of the guy. You know, he he buzzes around, he demands the ball. He can pass, he can tackle, he can shoot. Um, and you look at that and you think, a couple of months' time, Masengo playing like he's playing, Matty James playing like he's playing, and Joe Williams in that midfield. That is a that is a decent midfield, isn't it? Andy King um, as well. And and you've got Andy King as well. And you've got um, Tyreek, you know, not, who, who played yesterday and played well. Um, so, again, it's that that strength in depth. But, yeah, I was, I was hugely impressed with Joe Williams. Um, and lots of fans were when you we sort of saw social media. Yeah, I, I seen um, I, I seen a stat today, and I'm not I'm not I, I like stats. Stats, stats, stats. I'm an analyst by by, uh, by, by trade by job by job. But um, he was on for 27 minutes yesterday and completed the fourth highest amount of passes in the team, and that's over and above people that were starting. And yeah. I think he had a pass accuracy rate of 86. percent and the only person that was above him was someone like Kalas, who, you know, a lot of those passes are not going to be passes yeah. where he's trying to get forward. And, and I think you're right, you touched on the Forest Green bit. Um, I was at that game and he just wants the ball all the time. Yeah. Whoever's got it on the pitch, he comes from side to side, throw into yeah. throw, just give me the ball, give me the ball, and we've and we seen it. And um, yeah, really excited to think that he might be able to maintain some fitness and go yeah. there because he has got shot. We've seen it in pre-season. Yeah, yeah. A few balls in pre-season from long yeah. range and he had that, that chance where it lined up. I thought, oh, um, you know, we um, are we going to fashion a chance there? So, yeah, it is, things are looking positive in that department for sure. Yeah. I think it what be the challenge is can you find the right blend? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good, good, good point, yeah. Um, Matt, 76th minute, Palmer for Tanner. Does Palmer come on and go right wing back, or does he tuck in? Where, where did you see that? I think he. I mean, they've they've sort of said about bringing him on and, and having to play him as a ten. I I think it it probably was slightly withdrawn. Um, obviously, we'd switch shape. Van, Andy Vyman went to to kind yeah. of wing back, um, and Palmer was was kind of floating a little bit, really. Um, so you still you still had the two with Vyman in and Wells, but I think Palmer was sort of sitting in behind them. Um, and it, it made us more open and, and you know Andy Vine want to do a job for you but he ain't a wing back so we, you're going to get caught at times from that perspective but Palmer you know we've said often enough on here I, I, you know I really like Casey Palmer I think we've still not seen anywhere near the consistency that he needs to produce but I thought it was interesting in the week that, that Nigel Pearson and, and this might have been really really good man management um, but Nigel Pearson talked him up and said about the fact that he's been unlucky. You know, he, he needs to play in a 10, but he's shown the right attitude in training. He's been fully supportive of his teammates and that his opportunity would come. He really likes him as a young man. He brings him on and, you know, he he, he scores the goal that gets us the point, um, which, yeah, good, good to see. But what was also interesting is that afterwards, Pearson said, yeah, but there's still a few things I need to talk to him about that he wasn't doing, which is, you know, again, great man management. Yeah, he, um, pick, picking up on that point, it's a good segue in. He, he um, Pearson said that he, he asked to play with you in that 23s game yeah. of the week to keep, yeah. his, to, keep his, to keep his match fitness up, even yeah. though the, obviously the result went against us. 
And I think the things that he, he probably wants to talk to him about is, uh, in the end, in that last sort of five minutes where we were a little bit dead on our feet and put the effort in and, and Fulham were trying to pick us off a little bit, um, there was one bit where Weiman has sprinted past him on one of those counter-attacks to try and try and get back in. And, and we know that's not necessarily Case's natural game, but I think these are the types of things that Pearson says you kind of got a you've got a need to do and you've got to do it on a consistent basis to be part I think to be part of a Pearson team and that's what we're starting to see. You know, yeah. everyone's got to be out on their back. He'd have been sat there taking pictures of that and you know, I expect Pearson yeah. going, there you go boys, that's what it's all about. At the end of the game, I want you out on your back because you're struggling <laughs> to walk around the pitch and say thanks yeah. afterwards because you worked so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's at this point in the game that I think I'd like to see Nigel Pearson in the dugout and lo and behold, minutes a minute later he appears um, throughout the game, you had Curtis Fleming, who's now been uh, given a permanent role as assistant to the manager. Um, with <laughs> yeah. with um, with with Paul Simpson um, being his right hand man, if you like. And as soon as Nigel Pearson comes down to the dugout, they both sit straight back down on and. That is, you know, they're there to consult rather than to direct on the pitch. And I thought that worked really well, Matt. Yeah, it did. I, I'm still at a loss with with Nigel Pearson as to why he's in the stand, when he's in the stand, how long he's in the stand for. I, I felt it needed him to have come down that little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and in fact, at the start of the, the second half, the way that Fulham were bossing it, I felt then it, you know, he, he needed to be down because there's no, there's absolutely no two ways about it. We've seen an upturn in performance when he's been on the sidelines um, and coming down. But I also, and, and Lee knows this better than me um, from where he sits, you do get a much better view and much better perspective of your team shape and what players are doing well and, and not. So I do understand it. I just think he's such an imposing character that on mm. the sidelines, he makes a difference. And, and he did for me when he came down yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I I would like him down for at least the last half an hour. Yeah. Um, Lee, have you got a view on this? Obviously, you've heard us wax about it on <laughs> yeah. the podcast now pretty much all season. What's your thoughts? I think I, I'd probably come from the camp of, um, I think, yeah, horses for courses. And I think we've seen that with him. Sometimes we've seen him down for a whole game. I, I, I do, on Matt's point, sitting up in the Lansdowne and kind of having that view of the game that I like, which is that kind of tactical side that I, I, I love looking at and seeing how people are moving. It's, it's a fantastic view out there for seeing it. And it's quite interesting because you listen to sort of Radio Bristol on the way in, listen to your podcast and your guests talk about stuff. And I'm there thinking, nah, it wasn't that shape if you were sat up here. And I can see yeah. because you've got a different perspective. It can sometimes look a bit different when you're sat that high up. You can clearly see um, you know, how things are laid out and what moves people are making and all that type of thing. Um, I think that you know you got the, the work is done Monday to Friday, and you know Pearson's also very big, isn't he, on accountability and responsibility. Yeah. You know, so yeah, unless something's yeah. going, you know, if something's going completely awry, you know, sit down. Uh, you, you should let the, the players get onto it to a certain degree. Let's not forget that Curtis is his assistant. I think that is really key. That you know he. Nigel's a manager, Curtis is an assistant manager, and now he's got some first team coaches. Assistant to the manager. Yeah. (laughs) They'll have have their responsibilities. And and sometimes it is that empowerment. You say, Matt, what is Curtis going to say anything different um, to what Nigel's going to say? I did did notice when we were talking about those changes that Curtis had his earpiece in. And it just seems to, I think that's probably the only thing for me. Obviously, he was obviously trying to get some kind of message across. Were we going to bring one sub on, two subs on, and that type of thing? And, yeah. you know, with the noises, sometimes something getting, getting lost. But 
I'm, I'm I, not. I'm not. I'm not particularly precious about it. I think it's you know you've got to trust the manager to make the decisions. It's what he's there for, and, and to be in the right place at the right time. I see what you're saying, Lee. But for that whole 12, 13 minutes he was there, he was giving instructions the whole time, really animated. And lo and behold, the next minute, Vyman crosses, almost creates an own goal. So that was that was one chance. 79th minute, Williams cross finds Martin, who spins really well, forces a save. Palmer equalizes with... Uh, a goal that came out of nothing, you know, it was, he had no right to steer that in from that angle. And I was quite shocked when I saw the net, the net bulge personally, it was such a well, fantastic goal. Lee. I, 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 it, there was that little bit of interchange on it. I think it was the, the shot that got saved. I didn't actually see Palmer connect because I turned away and I go, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And then I turned back right and the ball's in the back of the net and there's cheering. And I was like, and um, yeah, so, yeah, it was. Um, I, I understand what you mean. You know, there is that kind of intensity that comes um, from from Nigel Barkley, some some instructions and the players reacting to it. Um, and and that's what I mean. Sometimes it can be a bit hindsight. If he'd have been there all of the second half, would, would they have done it? But if he wasn't sat at the top, perhaps he might not have noticed he some of the not, subtle yeah. changes that it's, Fulham had made in their formation to then make the changes that he's made. It's you know. it's a really good point, and and. Lee, I know you've, you've coached as well, but I know when I've, and I know this is youth football, but me and me brother would be sort of stood on the sidelines. Do you set up in the stands at youth you football? Don't have to, you don't have the luxury of the stands. But when you're you're that close, it's it's very intense and you're trying to focus on what's happening with the ball and you're trying to focus on where the players are. With with Pearson, he's, he's obviously a very, very measured character. Mm. Um, the emotional man that... that I think we all thought that he was going to be. He doesn't seem to be that. He seems to be, like I said, very measured. So actually, being sat up in the stand, he he is able to sort of take that that immediate passion and you're right in the, the mix of it, out of it, and he can sort of get the message. It's just getting the message and then is Curtis giving the right message. Um, so, but, but as you say, it, it's horses for courses. He comes down at a time where he feels he needs to. For, for me, I think if he'd been in slightly earlier, who knows? The goal, absolutely. And I'm, I'm in the south stand. Um, a, I didn't see how he scored from the angle that he scored. And like you patched, you know, when the, the net sort of bulged, it was like, oh God, it's gone around the back of the net. Mm. Just couldn't see it was gone. It was only then seeing Palmer running off that you thought, oh, bloody hell, we've scored. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a really, a really good angle. I mean, Silver's come out and said it was offside. And, and I don't. I think when the ball got played in from, was it Williams in to, to Chrissy Martin, Palmer probably was offside. But it's that sort of phase situation that then when Martin takes the shot, I couldn't then necessarily tell if he was offside. But, you know, good, good save by the keeper. Martin probably should score from where he is. Um, and and I mean, in fairness, their keeper, Dan Bentley made a number of good saves, and obviously they, they hit the bar. And, and and I said to Treen yesterday, yeah, well, it's not a shot on target because obviously it's hit in the post, so it's not on target. Um, but with Bentley's saves, you expect them to make him. Their keeper, I thought, made two yeah. worldy saves yesterday. Yeah. So very easy to say they missed chances, and Mitrovic misses an absolute sitter, which we'll talk about. But actually, their keeper made two top top class saves. Albeit we then scored immediately from one through Palmer. Yeah. Um, 85th minute, there was a ball over the top to Wells. Um, and he, again, just couldn't quite bring it down, Lee, couldn't he? Yeah, another one of those ones which was uh, just so, so close. Um, and if he, if he did, 
we're through and he's, he's got a good chance. I think, um, but it is good to kind of be creating those opportunities because, you know, it's not, it's not FIFA football, is it? You know, it doesn't, every time you put it through, it's not mm. reprogrammed, it's all going to work. I, I much rather see that more offensive play that we had yesterday um, because the next time it goes through is, you know, he does control it or the ball's different and it's the QPR goal that we saw the week before, you know, um, it, it's, it's the right, it's, um, we're in these matches now for me, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're right in the matches, we're giving as good as we can get, yeah, you've got to ride your luck, but you've got to ride your luck at the championship, I was chatting to, um, chatting to a mate of mine in, in the week on the golf course, I think he, you know, he does support the blue side, but he was kind of saying that that championship is just crazy because after two games this season, nobody had a 100% record, you know, yeah. what, he was like, what the hell's that about, I couldn't after two games, nobody have a 100% Hundred yeah. percent record, you know, yeah. and that kind of sums up the sums up the league, doesn't it? Yeah, fantastic league. Ninetieth uh, minute, you see three minutes of injury time go up, and then there's two guilt edge chances for Mitrovic. He missed a sitter after bringing it down really well and skewed it wide, and then his cushioned header hits the bar uh, uh, as well. So two chances where we've had heartbreak in the last minute too much this season, and you almost think that's going to happen again, Lee. Yeah, I think we were. We're probably caught between the the crowd and actually how well we were playing and, and can we go and get a winner? And I think that, you know, Pearson was trying to go and get a winner. I think under previous managers, we'd have taken the draw and tried to sat in and invited the pressure and probably conceded more chances. We were riding our luck a little bit at the back. And also, when, when that whistle went, I think clearly a little bit of fatigue in there to be expected because I thought the, the back the back line in particular were... Were, were immense with the effort that they put in and Mitrovic as you touched on that at the beginning is um he's a different class I think I do, I do think we talk about it because we don't really want to talk too much about opposition chances but he also in the, the sort of early part of that second half had that volley out of nowhere but there's yeah. no no back lift yeah was, and I just said how's he even created yeah. that chance but that is what 25 million pound strikers you know they can do that's that's the difference and um I was very surprised that a couple of those chances didn't hit the target at least and, and obviously grateful because I think um, it would have been really frustrating to have done what we did to get back into that game and almost fashion some winners to then go and uh, go and uh, lose it at the end. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised just how mobile he was yesterday, mm. Mitrovic. I thought he, he he looked a class, class act, I thought. And, and yes, okay, um, may, maybe even he was a bit surprised that, that Baker got so underneath that ball that it then felt him. But his his touch to cushion it, and you just felt, oh god, he's going to smash this now. And and to, I mean, it probably went ten yards wide, didn't it? It was an, an unbelievable miss from a player of his quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I think part of it was that we actually defended him pretty well. He didn't really mm. do much in the first half. It was very much practical for him. I know he got his head on a couple of things, but he yeah. weren't real cheap clear chances and even in the second even I know he scored early in that in that second half but he didn't really have a lot and I think that it was you know probably a bit of frustration on his part of oh, I've got this chance he really snatched it didn't he, he did as opposed it, yeah. to be uh, as, as opposed to being composed and I think that's you know we have to give kudos to our defenders there and how yeah. well they actually did play him and just let him have ball in areas where he didn't really hurt us too much he, he didn't hurt us individually did he but again I think you said it earlier on it, the way that he brought others into play yeah. and, and, and the way that he was I, I was just a little bit it, it took a, a fraction of gloss off of the Nathan Baker sort of cameo because it, it could have been the difference and could have been a goal and, and Bakes just, just got it all wrong um, but to the same extent, like I said, the challenge that he made earlier on was brilliant. But as you said, Lee, when that final whistle went, I think 
is one of those where the players were begging the ref to blow because you could <laughs> sense probably another five more minutes, you know, maybe another chance would have fallen. But On the um, ropes, yeah. on the ropes. Yeah. yeah. A bit like Joshua last yeah. night. Um, but yeah. yeah, as I started the podcast, all City, not all, but most of the City players were literally dead on their feet, led down. You don't see that very often. And, and, and I guess it had a real impact, but we don't want to sort of, almost they, they don't want to be overused. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things they might see how how that reaction was was portrayed and how it was received by the fans. But do you see where I'm going with that? It's it's like, you know, we haven't seen that for a while, but the level of effort they were putting in, particularly towards the end, was intense. I, I think that epitomises what Nigel Pearson wants his side to be. He wants a side that, that absolutely leaves everything out on the pitch um, to a man, you know, put in that performance. That they were always going to have to work hard. You know, it's, it's one of those things. When you haven't got the ball, you have to work harder. Um, and I think it finished 64% possession to Fulham yesterday. Um, slightly more in the first half, but overall I think it was 64%. Um, so we spent a lot of time without the ball and having to work really hard against some really quick, lively players. You know, the likes of, of Bobby DeCord, um Wilson, who, you know, again... Sorry, who? Like, I, I try to say it quite quickly. So, it's <laughs> Bobby it, Reed. That's how we know him. Well, you know, it's, yeah, it is how we know him. But respect to you know his, his, his name change. Decordova. Decordova. Yeah, um, which I did say just slightly quicker. Um, <laughs> and Wilson, who I could like, wax lyrical on all day. You know, that they've got quality, quality footballers. So you're working hard against a team that has got a lot of the ball, but also move it really quickly. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good to see. Like you say, it's the minimum you expect. But for all of them, I mean, Atkinson. At the end, he was the last one off um, and he was walking around and the yeah. bloke looked like I looked at the end of London last week <laughs> where he's kind of limping and struggling to put one foot in front of the other. Um, but, you know, he's, you're talking about a guy who last season was playing League One football mm. um, and has now stepped up and he's playing... He's really the relishing it, isn't he? Yeah, and, and what a signing. But I, I know what you're saying, Patch, but... But I, I think, as I say, that that's what Nigel Pearson wants his side to do as an absolute minimum. Yeah. And then the quality comes in as well. Okay, so it's a draw. We had a couple of tweets in. I'll read one out and then I'll get the ready the rest ready, Matt, whilst you do your rating. So the first one was from Nigel, uh, Nigel Whittle. Enjoyed that today. A good championship game. Fulham played some great football. City were robust and well-organised first half without holding much of the threat. 31 possession, 31% possession at home was kind of expected against Fulham. Second half, Fulham had two or three chances before they scored and looked good. The formation change at 1-0 down was spot on and gave us more width and creation. Crowd were great and in the end a great point. Well done boys. And Matt, the, the crowd were great yesterday from start oh, to finish. The, the crowd or the crowd? Was that your little Irish twang there? The crowd were great. The crowd? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were, yeah, right. And and again, I think because you're playing against a, a quality side, it's enjoyable to watch, isn't it? And and I think football fans like to watch good players. Um, but from minute one, all around the ground, not just the Section 82 boys and girls, um, it was, yeah, you know, fully supportive. Um, and as Lee said, you know, the tackle from George Tanner, the Joe Williams thing, but it, it kept the momentum going. Um, and that's, again... Too often we've had managers say that the the crowd need to get the players going, and for me it's always the other way. If the if you see the players putting it in, then the crowd will get behind them. But yeah, I, I thought they were brilliant. The crowd yesterday, really, really good. 
Brilliant. Lovely. Okay, let's come on to the ratings, Matt, and I'll come back to some tweets afterwards, if that's okay. Yep, okay. So, um, Dan Bentley, um, okay, it's it's a goal conceded, but I don't think he can be blamed for it. I thought, again, he made a couple of really good saves. Um, I think I'm starting to change tact a little bit on the captaincy side of things because I'm, I'm, I'm watching him a little bit closer now, and um, he is very obviously very vocal we know that about him but um i quite like the way that he's conducting himself um i guess you know as i said i didn't i didn't think he had to make many worldy saves but he did have to do a couple of sort of you know smart smart saves so i'm going to give him a 7 um because you know again it's against a, a quality opposition so jay de silva um i really like jay and i think jay needs a run of games in the side to really start to show what he can do He's showing glimpses at the moment and, and he's getting on the ball. There was another, a bit like the QPR moment yesterday where the ball got put across to him and you wanted him to shoot. And in the end, he did get a shot away with his right foot, but didn't, you know, came to, came to absolutely nothing. Um, but I think Jay is starting to show some of what we know him to be, um, you know, when he's able to get forward and, and combine well. I'd actually be quite interested to see how it works with him and, and Callum O'Dowder. Um but you know, to the same extent, Campery's been doing doing really well. So Jay, I'm going to go again. Very difficult opposition. So I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go six for Jay. I think, um, and maybe that's slightly harsh. Maybe it's a seven. But um, I'll let you boys decide on that one. No, I, th- I think I think you've got to go six. I think you, yeah. you can't take away his positioning for the goal. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. point, actually. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Yeah. Um, Rob Atkinson, Thomas Callas. Again, you've got to look at who they're up against. And I thought, as as Lee quite rightly said, Mitrovic. Yes, he did get some chances, but we did keep him relatively quiet in terms of offensively. Just just him. I thought both defended really really well. There's still that bit for me, and it's not just the centre half; it's, it's the whole team in it. But I think Fulham had 22 shots, so it does still feel like we're we're quite open. But but actually in the Championship sides are going to get opportunities you know we had 14 ourselves so for me for both of those I'm going to go seven because of the quality of the opposition I thought they defended really really well and again left everything out on the pitch plus you've got the moments going forward Atkinson actually last couple of games hasn't gone forward as much as we had seen um, I almost wanted him to uh, yeah second half yesterday because I thought we're not we're not getting enough opportunity and maybe Fulham wouldn't expect it yeah I think they're one of those teams, though, as well. And it, it, I always, Casey Palmer, because of the way he likes to play, um, you always think that if the ball breaks down, Fulham are going to play. And and there was that one ball from Bobby um, Decordeva Reed that he, he hit with the outside of his foot for Wilson to run onto. Um, that they've got that in the locker. So yeah, they've got to be a bit careful. But I, I thought both were were were, were good yesterday. Um, so I've gone seven for both of those. Um, George Tanner, I'm really starting to like. Um, and again, I'm not I'm not going to go overboard with him because he's 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 obviously a young lad and he's finding his feet. But to come in and have to play against that opposition yesterday in his second game, QPR and Fulham, two exactly, yeah, two two you know two sides are actually you know QPR were, were playing some really good football as well. Um, so I'm going seven for George yesterday as well. I thought not just because the tackle, but his his all round effort and the fact I think again I think as a wing back he's going to get better. Um, I'd probably. In a season's time, I might I might be saying six, but I'm I'm scoring that also on the basis of where he's come from. 
he's a young lad and, and he doesn't show any fear, does he? Um, Did you notice as well, the, in the, I think it was in the, yeah, it was in the second half, he was sort of backed into a corner, right down in the corner. He had no option. Yeah. And he, he berated all the players yeah. for yeah. not helping and him was, out. And he, and he was spot on for doing that as well. Yeah, he because, was. Um, Callas was, I think, afterwards kind of saying to, to, to Jay, Jay Williams and Mike James, I could have had the ball there. And I was thinking, yes, you couldn't have. have been. And my, my dad actually said he did the right thing there. He just turned around and booted that out of play. Yeah. And just get your shape back and because you had nothing else on rather than trying to be cute and keeping the ball when maybe you get caught with it. You know, yeah, it was and, and maybe some of that is is that League Two side of things where you probably haven't got the players that that you can find that pass to. But obviously, he's been yeah. brought up playing a style of football with Man United. Um, yeah. You know, as young as it is, and yeah, I agree with you. I thought I thought he did exactly the right thing. So yeah, um, Tyreek. I, I thought Tyreek had a decent game yesterday. Um, obviously, he, he got substituted, and it was the right substitution. Um, I still feel with Tyreek, he can impose himself more than he does because of his physical sides. Um, but again, you've also got to remember that he's still very young in terms of his experience at this level. Um, but I thought it was a decent showing. So I've gone I've gone six for Tyreek, but that could easily be a seven. Um, so again, I'll let you boys debate that one. But I thought, I thought it was a decent performance from Tyreek without being... Um, you know, he had those couple of opportunities where if he's hitting the target, mm. that might have been a seven, clearly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he played some really good football. And for me, he's definitely done enough to retain his position in the team next week. Um, but yeah, a six or a, six or a seven. I, I, yeah, I, I was a, just a little bit disappointed with his reaction to the substitution. I didn't spot it. Yeah, I didn't so, spot so, it. So, so his number went up and he kind of like, oh, I've been sucked, you know, and, we're, and, I'm, and I'm like, we're one nil down, get off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. the decision's <laughs> been made. And then I think, and then I think he realised maybe 10 paces after and he gave it a little job. Yeah. And now you mention it. Now you mention it. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, yeah. and I think it, it's that, and, 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 it, and it's right to be disappointed. He wasn't having a bad game. You know, he's probably, anyone would be disappointed coming off, but it's back to that. Well, the decision's been made, whether I agree with it or not. You know, and you could yeah. tell as he, as he went into the suspension, he's you know tapping some hands and not tapping some others, and clearly yeah. not too happy about it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it is what it is. Um, Andy Vyman, um, I've gone seven again. Work rate was you, you just can't question it. He's 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 playing a number of different positions. Um, didn't get probably the way. Well, didn't I can't think of. of any opportunities that he really had other than that one that we, we talked about early on where he, he kind of didn't mm. quite control it. Um, but it, it's just a, a game. We've, we've talked about it with, with Vyman. So I've gone seven for, for Vyman. Yeah, I think I think he, he's definitely less effective in terms of chance, uh, having a chance or chance creation yeah. when he's put in, the, in that position. Um, and that was my concern. But he still affected the game enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I think, again... You know, some you, you might sort of say, well, you know, it, it's kind of what you expect. That is Andy Vime in the way that he works and stuff. But I thought as well, the fact that he changed positions and, and as Lee said, a couple of times he sort of bombed on. Even late in the game, he's still looking for it. So, yeah. Campering, I've gone um, five just because it just was his, his most ineffective performance for, for me yesterday and, and wasn't at the level that he's he's already set himself in his, his young kind of career. So it's not... I don't. I don't mean that to be critical, but he's he set a mark that I'm expecting him to reach, and he fell below that yesterday. Yeah. Um, Matty James, 
So it's it's difficult with Matty James because he, he he goes about his business and and he's obviously very good on the ball. Um, a lot of what we create comes through him. Um, he probably hit two or three passes that that led to, to to sort of opportunities yesterday, and I can't I can't recall them readily. But um, again, I just just feel with Matty, he's he's just dropped off a little bit from what we saw early on. Um, but I don't know whether I don't know. I've so I'm, I've gone six, but then I'm thinking, well, is that a bit harsh because he still kept us going and he was still the, the kind of the engine that's in there, the, the kind of captain in the middle of the pitch. Um, so maybe it was a seven on on the basis of the, of the others. Yeah, it's a tough one because he, he it was Backinson going forward more than him. Yeah, and it, and a lot of what the work he was doing was maybe not as visible mm. um so yeah it's a real it's a real tough one i'd go seven because i think he's just a quality player that has come in and cemented cemented the effort levels that that, that you expect and you want so i would go seven personally but lee can take the final uh, judgment on that one yeah no i'd, I'd go with seven i think matty brings and we've seen it and i know i talked about it at the beginning about how he slowed it down but actually there's a, a, other times where you know, more often than not, it's the right call. I know I kind of yeah. said there's a couple of things early on where I thought, you know, we could, perhaps we could have countered quickly. But there's a couple of times where you can see, you can see some maybe some of the younger players getting ahead of Steve, and he's just like, right, just calm down. No, I think there was a, a throw in at one stage where they're looking to do it. He was like, oh, no, 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 wait, I just need to, we need to just get our shape back yeah. a little bit here before we do this because if we transition and lose the ball, we, we could be, we could be in a bit of trouble. So he didn't yeah, touch the ball, though, did he? For the first ten or fifteen minutes. No, no, and that and, it was weird. Backinson was on the ball a lot. He exactly. just didn't seem to be in a position where he could get on the ball at all. Yeah. Yeah, 15, he's, but... he's actually physically stronger than than you give him credit for as well. He's yeah. quite a, a, a unit to get past, isn't he? So yeah, I'm I'm happy with a seven. Um, and then up, up top, Chrissy Martin and Naki Wells. I thought Chrissy Martin, first of all, I thought worked hard. His touch wasn't quite there yesterday, so I've gone six for for Chrissy Martin. Um, and that probably could be a five because of a sort of dropping below what, what you'd expect. I think, I I think thought, you're, you're right with the six because of the fact that he created the goal. Yeah, and, and he, he, he he moved out wide a couple of times. There was one one passage of play where we broke and, and he got the ball and, and he tried to play a really intricate pass when there was a, a an easier ball out wide. But but that's kind of the, 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 the man where he's come from, the level he's played at where he's looking to play that that kind of killer ball as well. I just felt it didn't quite come off for him yesterday, um, but he kept working really hard. And, and and I still think with Chris Martin, he's a little bit Marmite for a, a lot of fans. Um, I still think some of our fans don't, don't appreciate what he brings and the fact that he does take an awful lot of stick um, from, from opposition defenders. I just felt, as I say yesterday, his touch was a little bit not up to his standard. Um, he's playing a lot of minutes, isn't he? So, you yeah. know, you've got to bear that in mind as well. Um, so, yeah, I've gone, gone six for him. Naki, I thought, worked really hard. I mean, yes, he had the headed chance. There was a, another one where, and I'm not sure who it was that put the cross in, where he, he comes in on it and he side foots a volley um, that looks all ends up like he's going in and the keeper made a brilliant save again. Um, I, th- I thought Naki Wells looked like a striker yesterday, which I know he is, but he, he was on it. Mm. Um, whether the goal last week has given him that confidence... But it, it felt like he could have scored yesterday a couple of times. You know, he was in the right positions. And I think you've got to... He needs to keep that performance up and we need to stick with him because he will score goals. There's no two ways about it. He was just a little bit unlucky yesterday. So I've gone seven for Naki. Yep, happy with that. 
Um, and then subwise, I don't think we we did early enough. I mean, we've we've waxed about Joe Williams, haven't we? So yeah. on to Nigel. Um, it, it's funny, isn't it? Had had that been probably any other team than Fulham and maybe Bournemouth yesterday, West Brom. I think West Brom possibly. Yeah, um, fans would have been coming out going, oh, "That's fifteen. I think it's fifteen games. Fifteen games now Didn't at home." Mention it. Do you know what I mean? And, and that was the difference because you, you recognised it was a point against a team that you think if anyone finishes above them, they will get promoted to the Premier League um, because they're that good a side. So for me yesterday, it was very much a point gained as opposed to two points lost. Um, and, you know, it, it's we we really are seeing the progression under Nigel Pearson now for, for me anyway some fans may still argue about it and some fans will still talk about our home record I had a mate of mine who, um, who is a gas admittedly um, messaged me last night saying oh you, you know you concerned about your home record mate and I said genuinely I'm not because the way we're playing you know Blackpool we should have won Swansea we should have won um, with the opportunities that we had um, Luton we should have won so I'm not we are creating it and you're seeing it so yeah I'm I, I, it, it I, I thought Nigel got most things right against a good side yesterday. He changed it, maybe slightly late. So I've gone, I'm not going to go over the top. I've gone seven for Nigel as well yesterday. I think that's fair enough. I think pretty much average seven there, isn't it? Seems to be, which, you know, again, you've got to up your levels against the best team in the league, haven't you? So, mm. yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, I'm just going to read through a few tweets and then we'll talk about Wednesday. Um, so one in from Rob Collins. Fulham thoughts after an overnight reflection. I think that there's the most enjoyable game I've seen since the Man United night. Moment of the match for me was George's crunching tackle. You heard that around the ground and what a start he had. Um, first time, this is from James Smith. First time for a while I saw committed battling performance for over 90 minutes. Uh, Joanna Bags definitely got uh, great to see them playing for their shirts. Uh, seem a real togetherness in the squad. Can't wait to see Williams, James, and Han Nomasengo in the same team. Um, Chris Hicks thought all the subs made an impact. Um, and yeah, there was one from Matt Withers I saw as well. Tanner's tackle, Williams' energy and drive definitely see progress. So thank you for all those tweets, especially one from you, Matt. Um, so into Wednesday then, Millwall away. How how do you see us lining up? Um, let's come to you first, Lee. Do you see many changes from today's starting lineup? Sorry, yeah, Saturdays. Yeah, um, no, I don't see uh, not 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 being tactically aware of how Millwall set up and whether there's any specific changes that, you know, I don't know if there are big, big side like Cardiff, in which case you might see a Baker in for De Silva, um, which, you know, it, it's a little bit of a difficult one, that, isn't it? Because I, I agree with Matt, you know, players always want a little run of games, so if you end up having to force force a change there. The one thing I will say about Baker, I don't know if you notice, that when he, when he made that um, that tackle on Wilson, Wilson. here yeah. he, he is... Here at his ankle, and I thought he was going to come off. And certainly, when he runs mm. off, he was still limp, and he took his boot yeah. off, didn't he? So it was an ankle injury. It. it was an ankle injury he got, wasn't it? The the yeah. game before, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think because he just got his toe to it, so I think it's one of those ones where the ball just gets his toe and gets a click and, and, and rips his ankle. So we we might we might um, you know he might be out. But apart from that, I think I don't see uh, any reason to make a change. I've, the one thing I think you might see possibly um, is a Bowder in for Prig if he keeps the, the formation the same. I think, you know, he's a fan of, he's been quite open that he's a fan of a Bowder. 
Pearson. Um, yeah. Obviously, Davis fit. I think he was close to coming on yesterday. He had a shirt on. I think that was going to be one of the options. Yeah. Dido or, or Palmer, and he went with Palmer in the end. Um, so may, maybe, maybe a Dido for Prink, but apart from that, um, there's no okay. reason. If he, if he sticks with play well, you keep your shirt. If you play well, you play well, you, you, you keep your shirt. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Matt, anything it's, different for you? Well, it's interesting. Matty Smith played yesterday for Millwall and scored for them. They they Ooh. played a, a three four three. Um, they've also got Bradshaw, who, who works. He was on the bench yesterday, but came on, but works really hard and always seems to do well against us. Tom Bradshaw. Um, plus, obviously, they got Benick, um, who, who was sub and came on. So, I, I I might be tempted to go with Bakes in that one. Um, as opposed to Jada Silva yeah just mm. just because of the physicality and, and Mill will always tend to play I think Mill are a better side they're not a long ball side by any stretch but when you've got someone like Matt Smith in the side they're going to go long like that the only thing I would say with Matt Smith I think his legs have gone and so you know if, if you can get Callas is probably the best leaper in the league isn't he so um, you know, stick stick Callas on him but yeah I, I it, it will depend on Baker because I, I agree with Lee. I think he did look like he struggled as he went off, but that that might be the change that I would make. Certainly, I'd keep Tyreek um, in there, um, and I probably would make sure there was a place for Antoine on the bench as well. Um, be interesting to know if that was tactically that that yesterday, if there was yeah. any kind of little knock or anything. Cool. Okay. Um, thank you both. A, a very enjoyable match, a very enjoyable day and a very yeah. enjoyable podcast. So um, just want to give a quick shout out and a big thanks to Terrace Life for sending me these mugs. So I've got a dry Blackthorn cider one, which I'm showing you guys on the camera and also um, up to date with the old mansion bet one. So uh, very nice. thank you to those guys and for the, the prize um, that they gave us to give um, away a few weeks ago. So big thanks to those guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lee. We'll thanks, be back Thursday morning, I guess, or maybe even Wednesday night. Who knows with the Millwall reaction. But do yeah. also don't forget to check out that Robins Reunited episode. And please do get behind the former Players Association. If you know anyone, anyone who used to play for City, one game or however many games, 600 and odd games of Lewis Carey. Um, oh, so uh, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, please do let Neil Palmer know. You can get him on Twitter, Neil Palmer Books. Um, and also his email address is uh, is embedded into that Robins Reunited episode. But uh, yeah, for now, thank you all. We'll be back soon. Take care. See you guys. Cheers. White rose, the feeling of home. Warm smiles, the crash and burn.